welcome to the Positive View podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. Today we're asking, why am I so negative? Yes, but before we get into that, at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. Last week's mission was to identify where is the greatest opportunity for improvement for your health and wellness. Christy, how did that go for you? Brianna, this is so crazy, but this went better than I ever could have dreamed. Mm -hmm. It was really strange because I'd First, I thought the best opportunity I'd have would be for me to lose some weight because I am very overweight. I'm, we'll just say overweight. Why do I have to put the very in? What's up with that? Um, let's just say I've got some exciting opportunities to drop 40, 50 pounds, right? So I thought that would be my greatest opportunity because I have some health issues. But it turned out I went to a hand specialist again after not having been for seven or eight years and I got some incredible news that I am a prime candidate and on the wait list to get a cubital tunnel release surgery that could greatly improve the use of my left hand and greatly reduce, I would say for me, 85% of the pain that I feel is the pain in my forearms and uh, hands. And now it's starting to radiate in my upper arm. And a lot of that could be attributed to my cubital tunnel syndrome. So it was amazing to identify something that I previously thought was immovable. So I'm really excited. It'll be really interesting to find out when that surgery ends up getting scheduled because, you know, with all the recent health things, there's a backlog. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so there's an exciting opportunity for me to have some improvement there and I'm going to give it a shot. That is so great. I know we talked about that before. Uh, you know, before recording, but that is really, really exciting. And I think sometimes when we have those piece, those uh, types of things, it just makes the whole overall the health and wellness kind of perspective perk up in a lot of different areas. I know for me this week, um, the one opportunity to improve my health and wellness isn't really related to health and wellness. But as we've talked about before, uh, both in our pre-show and uh, here on the show, I do really feel the thing that would help me the most is better integration of work and life. Uh, I think because work is very challenging um, and very taxing, both emotionally and mentally, uh, it doesn't leave me with a lot at the end of the day and certainly doesn't leave me with a lot to do the things that I enjoy doing health-wise. So, we talked about a while ago, I got my kayak, <laughs> which is so exciting. Yep. Um, and just how much I enjoy that and would really like to be able to do that after work. But my current uh, role just isn't really allowing for that because I have to work so much. And I'm not against hard work. I'm not against, you know, having to stay late occasionally. I, I get all of that. Uh, but for me right now, it's just too much and it's getting in the way of me really being able to do much of anything else. So I identified that as the one thing that uh, could help me is potentially looking for another position or finding different ways to uh, make the one that I have more manageable so I can feel like I uh, have a bit of a life outside of work. 
nice. Mm -hmm. And I know you've made a lot of strides in that, and it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to see how much these weekly missions actually slowly build on themselves to real tremendous amounts of change. And those things can, you know, can happen just by taking a little bit of initiative each week and feeling uncomfortable every once in a while. And then sometimes, uh, in my version, uh, doing a really um, shoddy job of doing it, but still doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. It's amazing that you could still reap results. But what's weird about that is sometimes I still don't feel positive. And this week we're talking about why am I so negative? So Brianna, why are you so negative? <laughs> <laughs> Always so excited to to go first on these big questions. Um, well, I would say first of all, uh, there isn't just one thing. I think that's one of the pieces of this journey or this work that I had to recognize is there's a lot that goes into my attitude, my perspective on life or the perspective on things that are happening. And I think if I were going to give just sort of a... a the best answer I guess I can give is I, I am negative uh, because I, I'm going to say it, because I choose to be, um, which doesn't sound great. Uh, but again, there isn't just one thing. So I think when I talk about why am I negative, it's because maybe I am not uh, seeing the truth of a situation, or I am putting a my own particular spin on something that may or may not be the whole truth. I think I uh, am in particular negative when I don't feel well or when I feel depleted. So I guess those are four reasons why I'm so negative. And I think I am negative when I forget that I am working to be a person with a positive perspective more times than not. I don't expect that it's going to be perfect. That I'm always going to be positive. But I do think that I would like that. I, I mean, obviously, we're doing this podcast that uh, working towards positivity and seeing opportunity is really important. So uh, when I'm not doing that, it's important for me to identify why. I really appreciate that very mature perspective. From my point of view, I blame others, Brianna. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Why am I so negative? It's all you people, man. You're getting in my way. I want things to happen. Nobody does what I want. <laughs> Life just keeps happening the way. there's. But in all seriousness, I do know, especially when you put the question, why am I so negative? And I know when I get so negative and I get so negative when it goes like this. There's the idea of what I think my life and my day or my hour or my vacation is going to be like. And then there's reality. <clears throat> the greater difference between my preconceived notion of what I think should, watch that should word, it's never a good idea. It's rarely a good idea. What I think should be happening and what is actually happening, right? When when there's a big gap there, oh, look at how so negative I could be. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, why are you doing that that way? She says, claiming to be helpful, but really being judgmental. Why is this going this way? Why isn't, why don't I get what I want when I want it? You know what I mean? And that's basically when I get really, really negative. And the, the seeming, the perceived impotence between me getting my life going the way I want it to go and the way it's going, the bigger that impotence feels, the negative -er, the negative -er 
There we go. I just made that word up. The more negative I get. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> there is, uh, sorry, I got a little distracted there. I think there is, because, oh my gosh, let me. And that was a hard stop on my part, but I was yeah. like, no, that, this sums it up for me. <laughs> I think that um, I'm going to say that all the, the other reason that I can be so negative is because of um, sometimes I find myself in negative environs, if you will. Um, you can't help. Yeah, those others. Right. It's, it's, others. it's not my fault. people. No. <laughs> But it is true that you can be, um, you can get caught up in it and it's really easy to, and I'm not saying that with any kind of shame for myself or for others, but it is one of those things that's so sneaky, right? I get so negative because it's so sneakily sneaks up on me. Um, and before I know it, I'm like two, three days into some sort of like, the world just is against me and everybody, like you were just saying, everybody's in my way. Um, <laughs> and then there's a, I feel like there's a rock bottom to that, thankfully. And I start to recognize how bad that just feels like in my body, how bad it feels to be in that space. And I work then, I have to like kind of work to pull myself out of that negative space. But there are, you know, I would say that's another reason why I get so negative is because I find myself in the company of negativity. And sometimes I start that. I'm not even going to pretend like it's all other people necessarily, but sometimes there's one thing and you just need one person, right, to agree with you or even to just like not oppose. <laughs> And it is off to the negativity races. I completely relate to that. It, it ties into me, that feeling of impotence, that power, like where I, I, and I know, and when I catch it later, I realize, oh my God, I've given away all my power to my surroundings, to circumstances, mm -hmm. to other people's thoughts and ideas. The more desperately I need to convince somebody to do something, the more likely I am going to get incredibly angry, frustrated, or negative. And the more I remember that it's not up to them, it's not up to somebody else. I don't need to see, have somebody believe in me or decide that I'm right to know that I am right, to know that I am worthy, to know that I am worthwhile, to know where it is I want to go in the world. And it's the illusion that somebody else, and I do understand that sometimes I will choose to stay in a circumstance because I do not feel like I have the resources to give myself the best advantage. But then I have to remember that's my choice. And a lot of times what happens is I forget that I'm choosing what I'm choosing. I get so caught up in the minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day survival of getting through the world and feeling like my needs are barely getting met, that I forget that I'm looking for something bigger in life. And sometimes... I forget that I've got to let all the balls drop and crash so that I can just start from, start from dead even again. If you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. a lot of times I get myself into situations where I've, I've obligated myself where I didn't stop something from happening 
that was happening. And then I get myself into a place where there's no room. Like I, I, we've discussed this before where I feel like there's a hole in my boat and I'm spending all my time just emptying out the water instead of just letting this boat sink and swing into the shore. Do you know what I'm saying? Like at a certain point, like there's a point to declare bankruptcy. There's a point where you've got to decide, you know what I mean? I'm never getting ahead this way. I've got to change. And a lot of times when I'm in that really not very empowering feeling, I can be incredibly negative because I feel like life is happening to me instead of me making my life happen the way I want it to. Absolutely. That sense of feeling empowered or in control of your experience, uh, your surroundings. Um, and I don't mean control in that way that I sometimes get a little too controlly. <laughs> I mean, just the ability to make decisions and uh, have a what feels like a positive or an effective um, experience. Effective isn't quite the right word. A positive experience or to have the things that you need or, or want to happen happen. I think there is that sense of, I, 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 I'm going to use the word victim. I don't love it, but I have been in a place as you were just, you know, similar to what you were describing, where it just feels like everything is do, being done to me. I have no control. Uh, I'll never get, you know, especially it's talking in those, um, like the I'll nevers, this always, that's a really key for me that I'm, I'm down this negative, you know, in this negative place. I think one of the, and I know I've talked about it before, but you talk about it as letting the boat sink. And I think um, for me, I really had to learn that there are just going to be things that I cannot control as much as I wish that were not true, uh, as much as I wish, you know, I could, I could just move everything around and make it all work great for myself and everybody else. That's not realistic. So uh, learning, you know, again, that, that sense of circle of influence, circle of concern, circle of influence is what I can actually do something about. And that's where I need to spend my time. And that's where I need to spend my energy. When I get too caught up in the larger, that larger circle of concern thinking, that I have influence or control over what happens out there, that is an absolute time when I am headed right down negativity lane because there's no traction to be had there. And you and I have had conversations uh, about uh, my sense of responsibility and how sometimes that can get the better of me thinking I if I see a problem, I have to be, I should be able to fix the problem. And there's that should again. And and that's just not realistic. And as I was thinking about that, or, or kept trying to kind of move these immovable things, um, I was missing opportunities and, and then becoming very negative and down and just frustrated uh, about it. I was missing actually smaller opportunities or more, um, maybe more uh, personal opportunities to actually have influence and be able to have positive experiences uh, in a smaller way or in a way that maybe isn't going to show big movement in these big things. But right here, right in front of me, I am doing something. Uh, I'm doing what I can 
to affect change or to help somebody out or to change a system. Um, it doesn't always have to be big and grand, though I sometimes get a little caught up in that. It doesn't always have to be big and grand. I can still have influence and I can still have control over myself and my attitude and my perspectives uh, in those small ways and really you know, why am I so negative? Sometimes it's when I forget that, when I start to try changing things that I just simply do not have influence over. Absolutely. And I think that's the valuable, like that's the hope behind deciding why am I so negative? Because if I can realize why I am doing it, I can start enacting a solution toward it. Like if I realize impotence around my life or impotence around my friends or my job or my circumstances are what's causing me to be so negative, I can from there realize, okay, then what is it about that that I actually do have power over? I remember very distinctly in, um, in my early 20s or maybe even my late teens, they were doing things where you'd go on credit cards. This was like in the like 91 or whatever. <laughs> they would give kids who had no jobs credit cards. And I got one. I mean, I had a job, but I didn't have a job that matched the credit line they gave me. Long story longer, I charged my credit. I charged a gym membership of all things on a credit card, like in full craziness. Um, and then strange things started to happen. Like circumstances got like my bills got a little bit out of control, and I had like an eight hundred dollar credit line, and or was it twelve hundred? But it was something small like that. And once I hit the credit limit, because there was like a late fee once, and the late fee then pushed me up to the over the credit line fee. And then so even when I made the minimum payment of like $30, they would charge me like a $29 over the credit line fee on top of that. And then the interest turned into like tw like penalty financing, like 24.99% interest. So the interest would then keep me over the credit line fee. And then from that, I ended up in... Like, I think my entire, like, three credit cards that I had, I had, like, $2,000 worth of credit. And somehow that spiraled into, like, $8,000 worth of debt. Like, craziness. Mm -hmm. And I kept – and I'd gotten the credit cards when I was, like, 20. I was, like, 27. And the payments – like, no, I would just send them payments when I could. Like, like life just got – my you know, my father died and all these things happened. <clears throat> And my life just got incredibly out of control. And I just felt so negative and so um, ashamed because I put myself in this mess. And what changed it for me was learning about how credit works and realizing that every time I paid late um, or I made a payment that I couldn't afford, it would mark all the months. Like, let's say I went five months because I had no money to pay the credit card. And then on the fifth month, I pay it. I would get late fees for all five months. And what I finally realized was if I just let that boat sink, if I just didn't pay them, they would discharge it into whatever. And then the credit stuff would stop and it would hurt my credit. But my credit was already, my credit scores were already terrible. And what happened after that was, you know, some of them tried to strong arm me. The statute of limitations went out on some credit cards. One person took me to, to, um, to court and I didn't realize at the time that I should have just shown up because I would have had a better, you know, things would have happened. Long story even longer. Um, seven years later, uh, or, or four years later, after just, just living totally cash, 
I got myself, you know, one of those, you put a $300 down, like a secured credit card, built my credit card, my credit back and have the best credit rating that I could have now. Mm-hmm. And it took me just stopping and learning and just realizing, you know what? I really messed up. I messed up a lot, but I can't keep compounding my mistakes here. I am just going to, because I had paid, I'd realized when I added it up, I had charged $2,000 worth of stuff, probably. I paid about $6,000 and I still owed more than $6,000, like Mm. how all the math worked. And at a certain point, I just was like, I'm sorry, I give up. Like I'm deciding to let this boat sink, learn my lesson and do it right next time. And I did. And I could have been on that treadmill for so much longer if I hadn't just gotten that education and learned how credit works. And also if I'd, if I'd done it sooner or if I'd learned more earlier instead of just letting myself just do what everyone else was doing. Do you know what I'm saying? But it was in that moment when I finally became empowered, when I finally decided to educate myself and I decided to choose to not pay and just take that hit emotionally and what that meant and what that said about me and that what people would think of me and what I would have to think of myself. You know, I took the hit and I did better next time. But I think sometimes when you're feeling really negative and you just go straight to the source and you decide to do something, even if the something is to do nothing, that was your choice. Like I'm going to let this die it is way more empowering than just letting yourself get pushed around. I, yep, I would definitely uh, agree. And I think you hit on two things there. One is, of course, getting to the why. And sometimes I would just say that sometimes we have to sit with that for more than just that initial why. Sometimes it's, okay, so why this? And then you come with an answer and it's like, oh yeah, but why does that happen? <laughs> um, because I know for for some things, when I found myself in particularly uh, challenging spaces, uh, um, and especially if I was feeling like angry or frustrated and that sense of power, uh, powerlessness rather, rather than like getting down a little bit further to see, okay, well, why is that happening? Uh, I would just like ignore it <laughs> and be like, find a way to avoid it. And and I had gotten, really, I have gotten so good at that, that I I I kind of put that wall up or, or drop that wall down, I'm not sure the right metaphor, uh, without even realizing it. And so just constantly if I could even recognize, especially anger or frustration, uh, if I could even get that far, then somehow magically something else would come in. Oh, look at this over here that I now have to think about. That's much more important and makes me feel like I'm going to have some influence and can be positive. Meanwhile, whatever has made me angry, whatever has made me frustrated didn't go away. I'm still hanging on to that. I just I'm not thinking about it in the moment. And guess what? It is more than likely (laughs) going to come back and be another um, sort of log on the fire of negativity, (laughs) which sounds super dramatic, but that's fine. Um, 
when I get back to kind of that low, low space, now not only do I have that initial, you know, thing that I had and was avoiding, something else will have also come up. And I think there's just like this compounding, uh, overwhelming sense uh, that comes and then all of a sudden, you know, without recognizing it again, I'm in that space, maybe a couple of days, a couple of weeks, where just everything feels too much. And I'm usually very negative. I'm using always and never a lot. Uh, I am snarky and not wanting to be at all helpful with, you know, for people, people are especially annoying at that time. And I'm just not me. I'm just not who I want to be or who, you know, the person that I, the person, I guess, that I'm, I'm working really hard to be that person who meets challenges and works through them. Um, so that's one thing is when, when we're asking ourselves why, sometimes we have to ask that why a few times, or we have to just explore a little more beyond that first, um, before, beyond rather that first um, response that we get. And the other one is, I really appreciate you talking about getting off the treadmill, letting the boat sink, stepping away and stepping out of that what feel when you were talking, I kept envisioning a hamster wheel <laughs> rather than a treadmill. But you know, you're just like run, 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 and you're just trying to keep it, keep it all going, and not letting these negative, uh, not trying not to let too much of this negativity in. So you think the more I do, the the better it will be. The more I do, the better it'll be, and you're just not getting anywhere. Um, and so just stopping and letting, you know, stopping, getting off that treadmill, letting the ball stop, letting the boat sink, whatever you want to, whatever visual helps you uh, in that, um, just just stopping and allowing yourself to get a little space, uh, take a breath, find some kind of clarity to get to that opportunity to ask why or to really, in like like you said, dig in to see what's going on and then because you've stepped off the treadmill, you then can see the opportunity, whether it's for learning, for just going out and trying something new, setting a goal, even even a simple one, you know, being able to actually make a plan uh, to take a little control, to find those opportunities for influence, just getting off that treadmill, stopping that like hurried, always moving but not getting anywhere feeling I think really as you said uh, can contribute to counterbalancing all the negativity absolutely I totally agree and I like that you suggested asking why more than once because a lot of times the first answer isn't the truest answer it's like, why am I so negative? Because that person's a insert, you know, like a witch. And why am I so negative about that? Because that, you know, and eventually I get to the idea because one of the, several of the big points, right, would be things that happen like around money. I could be really negative if I, if I don't feel like I have enough money coming in and, and there's like the strain of bills. Another one for me is relationship. Like, you know, for me, Asking myself, how can I stop being negative in, you know, insert this relationship or that relationship? And for me, the ones with the relationship, and it, and that ties to why I'm negative at work as well. 
is like my relationships with other people and what I think should and shouldn't be happening is I have this thing where I'm trying to control what isn't controllable. Mm -hmm. I I'm tied to people having certain thoughts about me. And the more I want them to think good things about me, the more they sort of withhold that ability to do that. And also I have this weird thing and we've discussed it before where I won't accept somebody as they are Mm -hmm. because the way they are is so different from the way I am. It took me forever to realize that people at my job at very insert whatever job, I mean, from McDonald's to the parking lot to wherever it was, I was not even like high end, high functioning jobs, you know, not like where we met or anything, just regular, just that people weren't withholding their best effort. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't either, but that, that I thought that literally there was a guy at Marksman when I first started there. Oh, I shouldn't be saying like the exact, whatever, you know, where you and I met, but this was before you were there that he genuinely didn't understand how to do things. And I thought he was faking it so that I would have to do his work. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just couldn't understand how he didn't understand. And once I really started to genuinely see that people weren't withholding like their better self constantly, and that was like the best they had, I had a lot more compassion. Like there was a comedian that I used to really dislike strongly because we both started off in the same town and he was so hacky and his jokes were like, I just made me so angry because he was getting places with these terrible jokes and he knew they were terrible, but he wouldn't write better ones until one day I realized I was reading his, um, this was when blogging was big back in like 2007 or whatever. He was blogging and I read in his blog that he wished he had smarter jokes. And then it occurred to me, oh my God, this guy loves comedy. He's doing well. It's his dream in life. And these are the best jokes he's got. Hmm. And then suddenly I was like, oh, oh, like, oh, wait a minute. Um, I take it all back. Congratulations. Like, good for you. Like, do you, do you know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of times, I think that's what people find frustrating about me is I have all these great ideas, but I don't follow through. And they just get really mad sometimes because they're like, if I had that idea, I would like do everything. And I'm like, you don't understand. I have 17 ideas a day. I just don't have to get up every morning and do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know how. I just don't. <laughs> I always know how to do things and people like, they're like, okay, so why aren't you doing it? Uh, I don't know. Um, generalized anxiety, uh, weirdness. Somehow I became obsessed about learning something else. Like it just doesn't work that way. And, um, and I hate me and they hate me. And then I, you know, and then I'm like, well, why don't you just learn it? And they're like, I don't know how to just learn it. Do you know what I mean? It's just, and so I feel like one of the reasons why I get negative in relationships or I get negative in general is that I don't have a healthy respect for the differences in other people. And once I learn to accept that a lot more about myself and other people, the more I can get to the part where let's work together to finish this. Let's work together. I've got the idea You've got the stamina. I'll I'll start. You'll finish. We'll keep going. And, you know, let's make something happen as opposed to being, why aren't you more like me and why am I not more like you? Hmm. 
I love, you know me, uh, I'm going to love that connectedness. <laughs> yeah, you're good at that. I like Not my natural. Stuff. Yes. <laughs> and the people especially. But, um, you know, again, talking about a couple of things there that really, I really appreciate being reminded of. And, and that is, of course, uh, you know, the first sort of step of self-awareness or excuse me, well, is self-awareness for me. But um, one of the things about, as I said before, with the negativity, it's usually because I'm not being very aware of what's going on with me, uh, whether that's just in the moment or haven't yet developed some sort of, um, you know, new understanding of why I'm doing what I do. So working towards, and, you know, we talk uh, a fair amount about various um, strengths and personality trait or characteristic type inventories that we've both done in, a, in an effort to understand like what makes us tick so that it, we can better understand why some of these things <laughs> affect us the way that they do. I think so self-awareness is a really, is a big one because then it it does allow us to connect with others, particularly <laughs> if others are part of the negativity uh, are, are a factor in our negative kind of perspective mm-hmm. or our negative attitudes. Uh, but, uh, but the other thing I think you talked about there with the connecting is let's, let's work it out together. Let's, okay, so this is frustrating to me. I now see these things about myself and I understand. I see these things, I'm, I'm, and maybe even if you're not talking to the other person about their particular strengths, you can, you still can do something with that. Understanding, oh, this person, you know, um, maybe this is someone who just doesn't, who's, they're like me and they're an internal processor. So they're not going to be very, vocal with their ideas until they're really sure of them. So coming into some of that understanding and allowing us to connect with one another so that we can actually work through or or get past these uh, things that are frustrating for us or that are causing to us to be negative and also are upending whatever stories we're telling ourselves about another person, about a situation. So I had a really great opportunity this week, actually, uh, just yesterday with one of um, one of the staff members uh, on my unit. And she was in my office voicing a lot of frustrations. First of all, she was having some interpersonal challenges with another employee. So she was in my office to talk about it because, of course, that employee had come to talk to me first. Uh, and so we're talking and and I'm hearing her just voice frustration, right? She's she's voicing, well, this always happens and they always do this and this always, 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 they, 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 very externally kind of focused. And I pointed out, okay, I hear you, but you're talking about these things that always happen or or these particular folks are frustrating you because they're always doing something wrong. But you're kind of bringing that into your personal react, interpersonal react, ugh, interpersonal connection with a brand new employee. So you're telling yourself this story. It's making you frustrated. It's making you negative. Uh, 
And now you've given, you've kind of brought that to your interaction with this new employee who, who knows none of that, who doesn't have that background, who maybe just doesn't know what it is that she is supposed to do in this particular situation. And it was, we had to talk about that for quite a bit to, to like get her to see that. But what I recommended or suggested is rather than just getting frustrated and walking away or getting frustrated and then going to talk about it with somebody else, maybe offer some help. And, and her response was exactly what you said. What? You want me to do her work now? <laughs> and I said, no. Uh, but maybe just in those first couple of times that you're trying, you know, that you're, you know, you're trying to build a professional relationship with someone. So just offer the help, offer your knowledge because you've been here quite a long time and then go from there. But at least you know that you are, you are, again, that sense of that circle of influence. You are trying to, you are identifying where you can make the change. You are not just letting something happen to you. You are not letting yourself spiral into this negative space where you're now being, I mean, a little bit unkind and you're frustrated and now your work is being affected. So let's try this. Let's try to connect with this person, see, pull in some of that empathy, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago and see how that goes. And if it, it also, it's not going to work perfectly the very first time. So try it a few times and then come back and let's talk about it. And then let's see where else we need to go. And I'm telling you, we talked about other things as well. But that whole defensiveness, the frustration, the severe negativity, that just lifted because we identified the why. We talked about it like we asked the why a few times and identified where do you have the control where do you have power in this situation where do you have influence and it just was able to turn her whole perspective around and she was very much like okay I'm gonna try it <laughs> she was skeptical she didn't believe me that it it could work um, but I said I would take that as long as she was willing to try it uh, it was kind of like the way we used to sarcastically say what a wonderful opportunity uh, whenever we were negative. But again, that was a very long sort of circuitous story. But asking the why, first of all, being self-aware, asking the why when these things are happening, finding an opportunity where your influence is. These are all things that can help you kind of transition out of that negative spot. I love that because there's so many solutions in that story. And I really do like that the solution ended with, because for me, it feels more realistic to me with a reluctant willingness to at least try something different. Mm -hmm. And to me, I feel like that's what adulting is, is my reluctant willingness to fill out the appropriate paperwork. <laughs> like, I feel like that has been what's been holding me back from getting a lot of the cash and prizes that I deserve. And the idea that I don't have to love this, I could just give it a shot because I have, you know, I use the word, um, the B word, B word, but we'll say witching rights, right? Mm -hmm. I have sometimes done things just so I could say, and I did this and I did this. Cause you know, when you, 
something goes wrong and people are like, well, did you try asking them? Do you know what I mean? Or something really obvious. And, you know, the answer is no, but it wouldn't have worked and they don't believe you. Mm -hmm. So I run through the obvious solutions just very quickly so that I could be like, oh, no, I tried this and this and this and none of it worked. So I get to complain. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes, though, when I do reluctantly run through those things just for the right to be able to say, this is why none of it worked and this situation is impossible. Many of the time, it's just, I end up with a solution on my hands that I enragingly have to accept, correct? But still, now I'm over it, right? Now it's all settled. Did I ask them if they could do that? It's, I was telling you, my, my sister had a paperwork problem you know, with getting at, basically there was a rule. I won't get into the specific details. There was a rule that she was breaking at my mother's retirement community. And there is an out, right? There's sort of a paperwork out for the rule. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of, um, it looked very obvious that she was taking the paperwork out because the day that they got the infraction notice, she was like, they were like, these are the two outs. And then the next day she got the paperwork. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it just sort of screams, uh, yeah, okay, then here. Um, but then they have to, it, you think, well, I'm obviously kind of trying to get away with something, you know what I mean, by the way, the way this paper trail looks. <laughs> but the truth is I've come in compliance according to your letter, and uh, they just took the answer. They're like, okay, great, thanks. <laughs> and we're like, really? You're allowed to do it like that? You're like just <laughs> – you know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you're uh, – the only way you're allowed to do this is if you do A or B. But since you don't, you can't do it. And we're like, oh, I'm sorry. What we really meant was we were doing A. And they're like, okay. Oh, and here's the proof that we cooked up after the fact. Is that enough? And um, yeah, sometimes it is enough. So sometimes the reluctant willingness to fill out the paperwork, sometimes to just go ahead and do something different, um, can actually solve a problem, which I always find amazing, or it can give you enough distance and separation to see another solution. Hmm. I'm going to also talk a little bit about um, being stubborn. Oh, I'm going to just say one, I can get myself into negativity if I'm being stubborn. And again, that sense of not really, and just refusing to see things for how they really are, or just feeling like I don't have to do that. And you can't see me, but I've got the head swivel going on. Yes. Um, Talk to the hand. Exactly. What, but what I have found is I can, so sometimes I am so negative because I'm just being very, very stubborn about what is going on. And just, again, not, not accepting that maybe I don't have influence in this situation or, you know, that sense for me, sometimes that fairness gets so, so tweaked that I'm just like, and I'm not saying we shouldn't advocate for justice and fairness. I, I absolutely am. But sometimes when I when I get uh, myself into a negative space, I am, I can admit, making more of something than it really is, or I'm making a lot over something that I have zero, zero, zero control over. So I've decided, or I found a way to make my stubbornness work for me, and that is I sometimes we'll take that and say, you know what? No, particularly when I'm real deep into the negativity, thankfully get this recognition. And it's like, you know what? No, I am not going to let fill in the blank 
have control over me. The only thing I can control in this situation is how I feel about it, how I think about it, the story I'm telling about it, telling myself about it. And I am going to choose to find a way to, to, to talk about it or think about it that gives me the power. And I am going to stubbornly just refuse to, um, to let someone else have that control over me. And I think that was a little hard in the beginning of us doing, you know, doing this. Uh, and certainly I forget about that tool. Uh, and so end up being, uh, end up finding myself kind of in that negative space. And I use finding myself purposely because, Again, it's that sense of I'm not paying enough attention and I just kind of, again, let others or other situations or external situations, I'll say, uh, influence me. And so it is bringing that stubbornness in and saying, you know what? No, no, no. You don't get that power over me. You don't get to um, influence me in that way, you, especially now that we're really committing to this positivity thing and, and saying you don't get to, you know, make me feel as if uh, I don't make me kind of feel other than the, like other than the person I really want to be or the person that I, that I am, that I think I am or that I'm working to be. You don't get that power. And so that bringing that stubbornness, pulling in some conviction, even if a little bit, I have to fake it in the moment, it, it really does a lot for me to be able to get out of that negative space. And it's really great because then it, similar to getting off the hamster wheel, uh, yeah, the hamster wheel, um, it just, it's, it's as if it clears away all of the junky thoughts, feelings, uh, stories, all of it, it just kind of clears. And then I can see where, again, uh, that where the opportunities are, where I do have the influence, what's really happening, all of that clears for me. And I can then start to do the work of kind of getting out of that uh, negativity pit, because that's what it feels like, uh, getting out of that pit and and start getting back to, you know, me, really. I totally... I'm so glad that you brought up that stubbornness, you know, and how to leverage it. Because I do, it reminded me of a quote that Byron Katie, who's a very interesting lady, um, that Byron Katie once said that I remind myself, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it goes, um, you can argue with reality all you want, but you'll only be wrong 100% of the time. And mm -hmm. it's sometimes my refusal to deal with what is happening and just, just, just sort of focus on what I feel like should be happening that doesn't allow me to deal with what is. And she has a really interesting, um, she calls it doing the work. She has this interesting self-inquiry process regarding the stories we tell ourselves. And it's a really interesting four question process. The first thing you have to ask is, is it true? Like, is what I'm saying true? Mm -hmm. And can you absolutely know that it's true? From there, how do you react when you believe that thought? And who would you be without the thought? Mm -hmm. And it's just a really interesting, and I've got to say, sometimes I'm too angry to go there. Like, is it true? Yeah. Um, 
Can I absolutely believe it's true? Yeah, yeah, I am. And how do I react? Well, I react like this, and I don't really want to hear it, smarmy lady. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I don't always respond well to it. Mm-hmm. But when I have a little bit more distance, and I ask myself, let me deal with what is instead of what I feel like should be. And I remember talking and having this argument with um, a guy I knew. And he was just like, well, I should be able to just have this and blah, blah, blah. And I said, do you do you want to talk about what should be or do you want to get what you want? Hmm. I said, no, I, no, I remember. I said, I said, do you want to be right or do you want to get what you want? Because you're making it like so – because there was a lot of ways, in my opinion, in life, there's a lot of ways to win. But a lot of times – you get boxed into loser moves because you don't want to deal with where the pieces are. Like you've mm-hmm. got to play the ball where it lands and the arguing over the indignity of that the ball landed in a sand trap in no way gets you to winning this match. Like sometimes you're in the sand patch. Sometimes somebody cheats. Sometimes things go wrong. That's what happened. If we spend all our time dealing with why what happened didn't happen and if only what happened didn't happen, then this is where we would win. You don't get anywhere. And a lot of my life, it wasn't even just that. I would be so ashamed of where I ended up that I wouldn't tell myself, this is where we are. I would pretend Mm -hmm. like I was further along. I would lie to myself. And when you're trying to plan a trip, and you won't admit that, yes, you turned in the wrong direction and you went all the way an hour the way out. And you're so ashamed of that hour detour that you will not put enough gas in the car to a, to get you back. You're never going to get where you're going. And stubbornness, shame, the rage of injustice, all of these things in my life have kept me from saying, yes, what happened was wrong. What happened to me was unfair. It was unjust. But I can't take away that injustice in this moment. I can't make it unhappen. I have to deal with where I am. Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. if it's not my fault that I'm here. Mm. Because a lot of times it's not your fault. You're where you're at. And nobody wants to talk about that because there's nothing to be done. And the sting of that and the pain of that is so great sometimes that I have spent many, a long time feeling that pain, being afraid to grieve that injustice. It's because I want to stay with the anger because it feels more empowering because the grief is dark. And sometimes once I've felt that grief, then I can deal with where I'm at now. But it's not an easy thing and it's not fair and it's not right. And it happened. Wow. That is, you know, that made me, that made me think of when we talk about empowerment and the way we've talked about it uh, so far that what I recognize in the examples that I've provided or that I shared uh, is how in a lot of those spaces, you're right, you come to a place of disempowerment or that place of feeling powerless. And it is in that moment that you can identify where you can bring the power back, so to speak. And 
I just, I really think it's important and I'm so glad that you talked about the uh, importance of recognizing that, that um, the things happening to you uh, are very real and they often, you know, when we get into those negative places and they don't feel good, uh, because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about as well is that uh, for a long time, I just felt like to be positive meant that I had to be happy all the time and that nothing oh, could go yeah. wrong and everything would be perfect always, including myself. And it really wasn't until I could admit life just isn't like that. Um, I don't have a brain that operates in that way. Uh, so it was when I realized I can not only um, experience challenging things, and now I'm not saying like that I that I was looking for bad stuff to happen or that I was looking for challenges, but acknowledging that this that's life, right? Things are going to happen. And being able to really acknowledge that and to understand it was okay to be sad about things. It was okay to be angry or, or you name it, any of the emotions. It's, you know, they are okay. They are your responses. They are kind of those like, oh man, pay attention to this sort of messages. Uh, and it was all right when they weren't you know, happy-go-lucky all, you know, when that wasn't what I was uh, in all the time. But being in those spaces didn't necessarily need, mean I needed to be negative there. I could be sad. I could have true, like, bone-deep grief and, and disappointment and all of these things that before would perhaps derail me, and sometimes still do. Um, but that I could still see myself as a positive person, even in those challenging times. And so the difference is just uh, how I how I experience them now. So if I am sad, then I let myself be sad. And I think about, you know, or I talk it over with someone and, and I, again, asking those, like, well, what's really going on here? And then I just let myself be sad and I don't get on my own case about that because I recognize I don't have to be, I'm not going to be happy all the time. Things aren't going to be great all the time. They just aren't. And really coming to understand and really working to live out this idea that the only thing I have the control over is my attitude about what was going on. And, and, and one other thing I would just say is, you know, when we're talking about why am I so negative? Um, I will say that for a long time, I didn't know any better. I didn't know that I won. I didn't know that that's what was really happening. And I didn't know that there were techniques and tools and practices and things that you could do to change um, I thought that's just me. That's just how my brain works. That's just how I react. Uh, and it wasn't until we started really look, practice talking about it with each other and then looking into different um, opportunities for learning. And still, after all these years, looking into opportunities for learning that I could see that I don't have to 
be stuck in that negative perspective or have that negative uh, lens. I totally know what you mean. When I think about why am I so negative, a lot of times I realize that I was disappointed a great deal when I was younger. And those disappointments made me afraid to hope. And out of, a, out of an attempt to keep myself from hurting more because I was afraid to hurt more because I didn't know how to feel those feelings, I turned negative. I'll give you an example. Despite the fact that we do the positive view every week, when the doctor first told me, I was a violinist for a lot of time, for a long time, uh, from like nine to 22 or something. And I always assumed that I would play in some, like saw away as a senior person in a, like a senior community orchestra or something. Or, and I also played guitar. Do you know what I mean? I made a little record and I, you know, wrote some funny songs and I always thought I would, you know, have it as a hobby. And when I started to lose use of my hand because of the nerve damage, I had to let that go. And uh, when the doctor said to me, I said, would, would that mean I could play guitar or the violin again? And he said, yes. I, like my eyes started crying. Even thinking about it now, I could cry. I'm so afraid because of that disappointment, the pain of that loss. And, and, I, and I feel ridiculous saying it because the truth of the matter is I was no world-class musician, but it was enjoyable to me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I invested a good chunk of time. Um, but even though this, the operation has an 85% success rate, I'm almost afraid to hope because the, 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 the weight of that grief of having let that go for so long. Mm -hmm. So I can understand being negative that why we can be negative. It's the fear of disappointment. It's the pain of prior grief. All of that thing can keep us from hope. But a friend of mine once said, uh, my friend Sylvia Feynman once said, she said, you know, people always say, don't get your hopes up, but I found that I can't stop myself from hoping and I just rob myself of the joy mm -hmm. that I could have felt. And the truth is my hopes are up, Brianna. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to remind myself you know, I still pretend to be a rock star in my room when I listen to songs like I'm playing guitar. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I still do that. And I used to think I could one day play some of those licks and I, you know, I could afford a guitar with really light action now and I can do things now that I'm grown up and I have more money. And I'm going to let myself hope for that because I'm hoping anyway, Brianna. Mm. And I even find when I was talking about it to you and to my sister, I keep saying could. But in my heart, because I, I'm a number one futuristic in my talents, I can see it. I can see me using my hands again. I can see me typing. I can see me driving. I can see me working out and doing things and did like everything different. And <clears throat> that may or may not come to pass, but I'm already feeling it. So I'm going to look forward to it and I'll deal with whatever happens when it happens, but I can't stop the hope. And I've decided not to rob myself of that joy. I'm not going to be negative about the possibilities of what could be. I think I really appreciate hearing that. And just, I, I just also love the energy that's coming off of that. And I know how excited you are about 
um, uh, about that possibility, that opportunity, and that is the the you know that is such a beauty of working on this is that we do start to see things in or or yeah we do we do start to see the hope and the opportunity and and I was talking to you about it uh in the pre-show um about my own experiences and the lightness you know negativity just feels like this big heavy weighted blanket to me and when I'm letting it go it just everything just feels lighter everything feels possible um and and i just appreciate you sharing that and how 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 that is feeling for you and and what that's doing uh what that's doing for you because it's so strange it's so strange that even though we've committed to doing this every week it is it's amazing to see like why I am so negative. Like it's, it's amazing to see how often it comes up like with big news, little news, small things, little things, people, my guy, every minute of every day. And I do believe that you mentioned once before that we are wired to be negative, like to, mm -hmm. to look for problems. Um, and I, you know, that survival mode and our brains do do it. But I think the hope in asking ourselves, like, why am I so negative is that we can give ourselves some perspective and understand where there's opportunity for us to feel more joy in life. The problem can be um, a negative environment, other people, the feeling of impotence, uh, impotence when we don't have power over things like injustice and unfairness and circumstances, being stubborn, uh, the idea of what we think should be versus what is, uh, difficult people or the differences in people, and trying to control what can't be controlled. But I do think the solutions lie in identifying where we do have control, looking for those words always and never, like you were talking about, and watching the stories that we tell ourselves, recognizing and appreciating the differences in other people, recognizing where we have the power, doing something, even if it's just choosing to give up. Um, the reluctantly willingness to try to do something, even if we don't fully believe that really can work, and uh, getting to know ourselves can be ways that we could uh, look to change our, uh, change our, why we're so negative. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that, yes, I do know what you're saying. <laughs> and that, I think, brings us into this week's, this week's mission, which is to think about something that you're negative about and ask yourself, why am I so negative about this? And if you'd like to share it, we would love to hear from you. Otherwise, we'd also love to hear any questions you have, uh, any perspectives on the topics that we've discussed. You can email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and on the next episode, we'll be discussing how to stop being angry. Don't forget, new episodes are available every Monday. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast because it helps more people find us. Also, if you're enjoying The Positive View, share us with your friends. And that is our show for today. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. We'll talk soon. Thank you.